Hey guys, uh, hey, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, if you've been, again, joining us during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, you know, that as we conclude for many of us that we finish tomorrow. And um, I just want to give you guys a couple things. If you've been just like really eating really clean, you've been eating vegan kind of a thing, just like as the Daniel fast, uh, you haven't been eating, you know, animal products, I would suggest like don't, po- don't pound down, you know, like the buttery sauce and uh, full on. You know, eat the, the steak with the fat, and I would suggest that you probably just kind of ease into it a little bit, uh, just for your uh, constitution uh, sake. But I think the other thing, um, more than that, you know, that just because the 21 days of prayer and fasting and uh, gathering um, like daily to be able to pray, it's even though those things are are done, let, let's not forget that we, we're not going to stop praying till August when we do 21 days again, right? And so part of the reason that we do it is to develop the habit of prayer and and that you know that you're you're well known in heaven uh don't just uh, don't make it a long time before you see him again right so uh we we do that but also also the other thing is that sometimes i think that that we need these moments that where we we just kind of press into god and we lay aside certain things and sometimes to be honest there's probably some things that you need to keep on the side Right, and that that maybe you 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 laid down temporarily, but maybe God is saying, you just listen to what the the Spirit is saying. Just listen to what God is saying to you, and uh, but you know we we trust that you've drawn closer, you've got stronger, uh, that you feel closer, and that uh, as a result that you feel that your prayers are not only are heard but are being answered. So let's continue on. Some of those things you see movement. I've seen movement in the twenty one days, but I haven't seen the fulfillment of those things. So that's why we keep praying. Amen? Amen. So hey, can we just say thanks to all you guys who've been praying with us? You know, proud of you guys. Congratulations. And you know, this evening as we conclude the series we've been talking about, just growing stronger, you know, this year that we're probably looking at, that rather than saying that, hey, we want to, you know, we have these uh, New Year's resolutions, let's look at the areas that where we want to grow strong, you know, because so often it's, it's not just a, a, a wish list kind of a thing, I'm going to do this, but it's these areas where we wanted to grow stronger. And so we talked about that, uh, that your relationship with God, right, your, your faith, your, that, that your spiritual side that needs to be stronger that whoever we were in 2023 I think at the end of the year maybe midway through the year we look back and we say man I am better I am stronger I'm different than how I used to be right that we talked about the aspect as well and yet we know that this year that as though although there will be great things that lie ahead there's probably challenge that we cannot foresee and so it happens to all of us sometimes those things come out of left field sometimes it's like the slow train coming and you, you go like, oh man, that's a train wreck. Where did it happen? But, but when those things happen, we need to have an emotional resilience. And so we talked about being able to have an emotional resilience because all of us will encounter difficult times. It's not the sign that, that, that walking with God is not um, kind of like a, the umbrella that says no rain will fall in your life, right? And so we understand that aspect. So we talked about emotional resilience last week and then uh, two weeks ago. And then last week we talked about that your fitness matters, right? That we have to take care of the temple of God, right? That uh, somebody, the scripture says that your body is the temple of the living God. Some people say, yeah, be, be free to worship. No, but that's not the, that point, right? So we, we wanna take care of those things that God has placed on us. This, this evening then, we, we close with our series, in our series saying that relationships matter. That relationship matters uh, are an area probably that all of us 
want to to grow in now i I saw some jokes uh about this i just kind of googled like some relationship jokes and i saw and then some of them i thought was pretty funny and uh let me just share a a few of them one of them said this that says i once gave my husband the silent treatment for an entire week and when it was over he says hey we got along really well there for a while what happened (laughs) but uh and somebody said this, I, I got my partner a, a, a get better card. They're not sick or anything, but they could definitely get better, right? And this, this one guy says this, I bought my ex-girlfriend a mood ring for her birthday. When she's happy, it turns blue. When she's angry, it leaves a big red circle on my face. And I, got, I, got, and I, I read that one and I, I kind of, I chuckled out loud, right? And, and some of those jokes are, I, the reason why I think it's funny is because the twist, right? It's kind of leading you down one way and then it takes you uh, in a different direction. And sometimes that's what relationships are like, right? The, the thing about relationships that is that uh, Pastor Tom uh, uh, holiday he's a pastor author he's uh was um kind of like associate to uh, rick warren for many many years he said this he said relationships are painful relationships are wonderful and we all live in the drama that plays out between these two truths and isn't that true that sometimes relationships are the most painful things in life and sometimes they're the most wonderful things in life and so uh during because of that aspect though that you know I, I've been able to see some of those kind of wonderful things right I've been able to see when you know a man and a woman kind of lay aside everything else to pledge their lives together and although they're believing for a brighter future they're also saying hey no matter what happens though that we're we're willing to say no matter what happens we're we're in it for the long haul right and and what a beautiful thing you know that we we got to, I got to do that like um, last month right for uh, some uh, some important folks in our family and what a great thing and get to see uh, people doing that and you know at the same time I've seen people um, who are friends right that and maybe people who come to the islands and have no family have no um, you know relatives here but as a result of the the friendships that they've made that they their their small group became a family that their uh, it kept them here that even though family was calling them home they they stayed because of the friendships and the bonds that were here and that, that's a wonderful thing to see right and and sometimes i've had the privilege to see sometimes relationships that have been so fractured that it ends in divorce but by the hand of god And sometimes I've seen it happen in a year and I've seen it happen one time over 20 years where they they recommit their lives and had a process, part in the process uh, of that. And and so relationships can be really wonderful and yet at the same time we've all been a part of something that's also been very painful. And so I know that when it comes to relationships and growing growing stronger in relationships, that the truth is that relationships are not automatic, right? They, they don't just kind of self-run and they don't just uh, always, you know, uh, uh, work out well. Sometimes it takes energy, it takes an investment, it takes work, and sometimes it takes a little bit of skill, right? Because there is also a skill to relationships, not just the heart and the commitment of relationships. And so in this, 
message that we're looking at that, to be honest, for relationship matters, it, it, it's, it's really kind of undergirded, I think, in love. And all of us are looking for love at some point, right? You guys ever been in that, right? Just that the old song? It's just that sometimes we, we say we just want to look in the wrong places. Now, everybody talks about love today, I think, but love is not simply an idea, right? Love is not just simply a philosophy or a feeling. You know, some people that we say, it's like, I, I love everybody. You ever said that? I love everybody. Well, the reality is you probably don't love everybody because you don't know everybody, right? Like, but, and, but sometimes we say that because I have this, you know, a friendly feeling toward people, I, I have an accepting kind of attitude. We think our philosophy or our feeling is really what matters. But the, the reality of it is that love has to be kind of manifested in, in actions and love has to be manifested in choices and decisions. And, and so this, this evening, I just want to talk about four um, principles and these principles are are found in actually that that Tom Holliday's book. He has on the relationship principles of Jesus. We we used it as a series uh, a long time ago, but there's four things I, I wanted to to talk about this evening. And the first one is this: that you know obviously uh, we we know what Jesus said when it came to this. He said um, that to love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, in uh, reverence for God, reverence for his word, would you be kind enough, let's stand in reverence for God and reverence for his word and let's just read what it says in Mark 12, 31. And, and this happens right on the heels of being asked what's the greatest commandment and the first he said was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength. And he said the second is like it and this is what he says. Let's read what it says. Ready? Begin. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Right, and so some people have got to the point is that have asked, and in the scriptures we, we've seen somebody ask, well then who's my neighbor, right? And, and to be honest, the point is not who's my neighbor as often as much as that are you being neighborly, right? Because who's your neighbor is probably whoever's in front of you. Probably uh, who you go to work with. Probably it's who you go home to. It's, it's probably the, the people that you hang out with. It's the people that uh, maybe live down the street from you a few houses away. But the thing is that whenever someone is before you, that's your neighbor at that moment. So before you're seated, do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're my neighbor, right? You're my neighbor. And so what does that mean? What does that mean? That we're called to love one another, right? That, that's what the scripture talks about, that we're called to, to love one another. But sometimes you can, you guys ever, you know, that we, we put a limit though, because sometimes we put a limit on, on differences, maybe because sometimes people that we've been raised, that where race was a difference, right? Maybe politics today tends to be a thing that makes a difference. Sometimes there's lifestyles, right? Or maybe just somebody's style. You guys ever been in that place? You go like, man, I don't even understand that guy's style, right? And uh, somebody told me, he said, uh, Pastor Glenn, I like your haircut. And I was thinking, I'm glad you do because I'm not that thrilled. But, you know, that's, that's a whole different thing, right? So got the, got the, wrong, got the wrong stylist this week. No, but, um, but, you know, the, I just remember uh, at Halloween when we did the Halloween Lighthouse outreach that uh, we were handing out candy to playing games for the kids and just the folks in the neighborhood uh, right by Ho'okele where we have Sunday service and um, you know just it was great you know tons of people and, and all that and I just remember this family coming up and the dad you can tell obviously the dad and the mom and the dad is full-on like 
decked out kind of like with like a suit and all this stuff but just like full on demon horns and all this stuff and and the mom like a witch and then the kids like oh blood and all these kinds of things like that and and i was just looking at it go like man some families um get into the holidays mine is like christmas and thanksgiving and new year's but some guys man they love halloween it's obvious right and so i just said to the to the guy i said Hey, uh, do you guys try to coordinate as a family, right? And he goes, yeah, 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 we really try to make it a family thing. I, I just wanted to go for this demon thing, but my, one of my kids wanted to have the headless horse, you know, like the headless guy, and so he was kind of like one of those, I go, oh, yeah, you know, but I said, man, you can tell you guys put a lot of thought and all that, and like, can I just say this? That guy's style is definitely not my style, right? That's what I was thinking, because I was thinking like, man, I... That's not what I would have wanted to do. The kids are fairly young, and I, I, I just think, like, that's, that's kind of not the thing. But, hey, that's my neighbor, right? And we, we blessed him, right? We, you know, um, we, we, we offered them drink. We offered them, hey, play, have, your, have a great time. That's, that's what we want to do. That's our community that we live in, right? And, you know, that sometimes people are different. And I think that if we only love people who are like us, then to be honest, then our love is kind of selfish or it's kind of narrow, right? Because that you're not just called to love the people who are exactly like you, who like the same things you do, who go to the same places that you do, right? That we, we're called, that's not what Jesus said. Hey, by the way, find somebody, your neighbor, who's just like you and love them. Uh, he never said that. They said, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I think we tend to limit our our love as well, not just because of differences, but sometimes because of fears, right? Everybody has fears of when it comes to relationship, right? I think everybody gets a little nervous. Like if, if they really knew this about me, then I, would they really accept me, right? If they really knew this thing about my past, or, or you know, really that the thing is I, I'm, I'm afraid to get close to people because I'll get hurt again, right? Maybe I'll be accepted, or, or will I want to be with them? Maybe I, will I reject them, right? And, and so uh, the great author, and uh, Christian thinker C.S. Lewis had a very insightful observation when he wrote this. He said that to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung or possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all the entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in the casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. But it won't be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. And so although we have fears about maybe sometimes loving people, maybe loving people who are different, loving people who are, are in, in different kind of seasons of life, or, you know, that he's, I think one of those things that we need to understand is, it's, is you will be hurt when you love people. But the, the, the blessings will outweigh the, be, the, the cost, right? The, 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 the blessings to you will outweigh the cost. The blessings in this world, the blessings in this life will outweigh that. Now, one of those things I think that being neighbor, na- being neighborly, right, being a good neighbor, whether it's to the people you go home to, whether it's the people that you work with, is, is that sometimes it's what you don't say that makes all the difference, right? Sometimes that's what you don't say. I was talking with a friend this week and um, he, he was just talking and I, I had shared on, you know, like Thursday, I guess I, I shared 
Um, and I talked about things and I talked about how, you know, I washed dishes uh, at home and I confess I'm not a dishwasher, right? So uh, I, I admit my wife does most of that, right? Sometimes the kids help, but uh, one of those days that I didn't pretend like I didn't see. No, but I, uh, uh, she said that, you know, there was a bunch of dishes and I went and I washed the, the dishes and she said, just leave it, leave it. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And, just, and then go relax and then I just wash the dishes. And, you know, there's a part of me, I think, at different seasons of my life, I would be like, after I was done, go and say, yeah, I washed all the dishes, you know. Maybe like the one day of the week, right? That kind of a thing, right? And I didn't say that, obviously, because, you know, like, I, I just wanted her to have a break. But we were, because of that, he was laughing and he was talking about, like, sometimes, you know, when you ask your kids to go do something and it takes them forever to do it. And you guys ever ask the kids to do something and then you get the eye roll? Right, and then, so when they do it, that you don't wanna even say something positive already, right? Because you're just so frustrated. It took so long, and you did it with such a bad attitude, and, I, 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 and so he was just kinda, I was lamenting with him a little bit, because he was sharing that, and I said, hey, but you know what? I, this is one of the things I notice, and I, and I often I tell the wives this, right? That, and then you, you know this as a man, right? Like, you ever been in that place where your, your wife asks you to do something, and uh, you, you know, it's uncomfortable for you, and you don't really know how to do it, and, you know, but, but you go and you do it, and then she kind of complains about what you did. I said, how do you feel? He goes like, I never want to do that again, right? And, and, and so sometimes, you know, it's what you don't say, right? That matters. When people do something and, and, they, and, and it's not perfect, sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that we cannot bring correction, but sometimes it's what you don't say. Sometimes it's the, the fact that we don't have to, a criticism on the, on the back end of sometimes people's biggest effort, right? That to, to do something good, sometimes their biggest effort to be a help, but yet sometimes you gotta bring help, but then the help makes more work for you, right? And, uh, and so sometimes, I, I, we've all been that. Like I, I remember having, you know, when painting, when the kids are young, it's like, oh man, if they wanna help, but all it is is like, I just gotta clean up more, right? And, and so, but sometimes I, the things that I have said, I, I wish I never said. Anybody else been in that place, right? Because sometimes you can't take it back. And, and so, you know, sometimes you get frustrated. And there's been times that in my anger, in my anger, probably my greatest regrets is that I've spoken out in anger, right? I spoke it out. And it's like, ah, I just feel it. I just gotta let it out. But this is what Proverbs 29, 11 says. What does it say? Let's read that together. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. And, and over the years, just as Rika and I have been married and some of the relationships and friendships and family situations I've seen, and I learned that sometimes that how to be the best neighbor, how, to, be, how to, to love my family, how to love my friends, how to, sometimes it's the things that you don't say, right? You could say, but is it gonna be helpful? Is it gonna be an encouragement? Is it gonna be make things better? Or you're just giving vent to your frustration, right? And that's what that scripture is saying. And sometimes, sometimes I think it's what you give to be neighborly. Sometimes it's, it's, it's like what you give. In the old movies, I, I used to say, I've never seen anybody do this in real life, but that they knock on the door of the neighbor and it says, excuse me, can I borrow a cup of sugar that used to be on TV or in the movies? Along, right? And I've never seen anybody really do that. But, um, but it's like, and it's like, oh yeah, right, they go and they give a sugar, right? 
Um, they go and give whatever that thing is. But, but how many of us in relationships, how many of you want to be respected? Right, okay, I, I, I assume that. How many of you would like to be listened to? Right, okay, great. How many of you would like to be encouraged? Right, how many of you would like to be told that what you did was good? Right, like, okay, like, I, I think all of us. So you know what the, this, the, the principle then is that, to be honest, sometimes those things, if you like it, guess what? That's what you give. To be a neighbor, that's what you give. Give somebody respect. Listen to them. Be encouraging, right? And, and the thing is that when you do that, you know, to be honest, often you're a breath of fresh air. I, I've been in places where, uh, at times where when you've said something encouraging to somebody, you can tell this person is not used to hearing something positive, right? I, I, we've had people come to church and they said, you know what I love about church? Is this the only time I ever get a hug? And it's like, there's a part of me that my heart breaks a little bit about that, but th- then I'm so glad that you guys are the welcoming people, right? I'm glad that you're a welcoming community, that it can be that place, right? That this is like, you, you've never like, you know, never have contact with people, but that you're hung here, right? So loving your neighbor as yourself, it's probably a good idea, is if you would be encouraged if you would feel blessed, if this is what you desire, and so many of us, we long to be respected, but we don't wanna give respect, right? We long to be listened to, but we don't wanna listen. We long to be encouraged, but we don't wanna give encouragement. Sometimes, to be a good neighbor, it's, it's what you give, right? Because we just don't love everybody. You gotta actually love people in particular, right? Uh, a, a number of years ago, actually when I was a, a, a young believer, I remember um, I used to get, you know, I, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder. Maybe I still do sometimes. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, the thing is that when I, I got saved, I was still working. I was working at UH. And um, remember going, I was delivering mail. I used to deliver mail for the College of Business. And walking into this office, there was always this one lady. She was just so salty at the um, admissions and records office that, that we, I'd have to shuttle things because, um, you know, pe- the kids in college and, and stuff like that. And she was just so negative. And I had just become a believer not that long. And so I had a joy in me. You guys remember when you get just the joy of the Lord, just knowing Jesus. And, and I was thinking, man, this lady, this is like she got baptized in lemon juice. You know what I mean? Just so sour or so negative and just kind of, ah, kind of a thing, right? And I, I, this is what I said. I said, I'm going to make this lady smile, right? And, you know, like, it, she's it's obviously, she looks like she's been around since the beginning of the university. No, but, like, uh, she's been around a long time. And, and so, you know, I just would see her. I'd see her bark at other students who would come from other offices and all that. And I learned her name, right? I, I, I learned her name, and I, I would say, like, hey, hi, you know, like, just say her name is Lois. So I'd say, hey, Lois, how are you today? And in the beginning, like, she would be like, what? And you know what the sign was? Nobody ever said hi to her. Part of it, probably she didn't give the high vibe. You know what I mean? It's not the kind like you, that you're not walking in and say, hey, Lois, give me five today. You're not doing that. You're just that she's not giving that vibe, right? And so she just said, what? Because it's obvious nobody ever said that to her. I said, well, I just wonder how you're doing today. And she's like, oh, all right. You know, that kind of a thing. And just, you know, every day then when I used to have to go, I would just say, hey, how are you doing? Just, uh, it was um, good to see you, right, whatever. And, 
And you know, like one day she came in and when, when I came in, I just saw her smile. I saw her smile and I said, hey, great to see you smiling. And she said, oh, good to see you, right, this and this. You know what, because sometimes people, frankly, they're so starved, they, they don't have anything to give, right? And, and maybe, maybe it's some of it's their fault, right? Maybe some of it it's their style, right? Maybe some of it is that. But here's the thing is that what I, what I noticed that is that if everybody wants to be appreciated, everybody wants to be, be valued, everybody wants to be in, encouraged in some way, just that sometimes we, we don't feel like we want to do it. Why? Because they're not encouraging to us, right? So can you be first? Can you be first? Sometimes we just got to be first. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes we got to be first, right? Sometimes you just got to be first to say it, right? Sometimes you just got to be first to engage people. So often that we want people to be encouraging to us. How about us just saying, setting the mode on what we want to do? Like if you want to have a house that's encouraging, guess what? You gotta be encouraging, right? If you want a house to be, a, you wanna live in a, a loving household, it's not, the secret is not marrying a loving person. Sometimes it's setting the atmosphere in your own home. Because love is not just a feeling, it's a choice. Love is a decision. Because I could say I love everybody and then come home and then just really rag on everybody when I get home, right? Because then I'm frustrated, I get tired, and, and, and we, all, we all get in that place, right? So I'm not saying it that I never get tired, I never get frustrated, I, I never have a, a, a sharp tone, but I think what, I, what I'm saying is that when you take, when you give that, that what people want, what you want, to be honest, it tends to multiply. If you want to multiply joy, then be joyful. If you want to multiply encouragement, then be encouraging, right? And, and that's what happens. Relationships often that we started because you, know, you clicked with somebody, right? Like you think about your best friend. You know, uh, I, I've heard all kinds of stories about how people met their best friend. You know, I met my best friend in, uh, in college, you know, just uh, at, at actually, you know, like a, a Christian ministry meeting. And two totally opposite ends. He was the goody, goody boy, and I would kind of was like came from the other side, right? And uh, he was tall, I'm sure, right? He's, he was a skinny, I was a little bit weird and broader, that kind of, we were just t- total opposites. But, you know, some of us, we, we have like your best friends are like, that, right? I, one of my friends, his, his best friend he met in high school playing golf and he said they were so mad at each other that they, would, they were hitting dirt at each other like on the driving range in high school, right? Like, and he was like mad and just kind of, and then what happened? At the end, they became best friends, right? But sometimes you have something in common, right? Something bound you. For them was golf. For us was, you know, we just, we're both new in, uh, in our faith. Uh, sometimes you just enjoy somebody's company. Sometimes you're attracted to them, right? Sometimes it's physically, right? Sometimes it's emotionally. Sometimes it's other ways. Sometimes people make you feel special. You have fun together, whatever it is, that it's awesome when you, start, you share your hearts. Things are going where you're close. And then maybe after a while, things start feeling a little bit like kind of we're running on automatic, Right? that maybe things start feeling that the passion wanes, right? Maybe it's a habit, right, that, that you do it. Not so much that, that, you, you're not, that you don't go home because you just long to go home because you just go home because I went home yesterday, right? And um, you do what you do today because that's what you've been doing. And that happens to everybody. I think that's one of the things that the longer you've been married, right? Like when I come home now, like my wife does it like, oh, honey, you're home. 
right? 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 But at least she doesn't say, oh, honey, you're home, right? So that's, that's, that's good. But this, it's not like that. But, you know, the thing is that how do you take a love and make it new? Some people just says this, I got I to gotta change the spouse. I got to change the boyfriend or the girlfriend. I got to change the job. I got to change my friends. And the thing is that sometimes the reality is you got to change, right? It's, it's, not, it, it's not changing people. It's, 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 it's just changing. How do you take a love that's gotten old and make it new, right? It's, it's not starting over with somebody else. Why is that? Why isn't, why isn't that the solution? Because one day, the new girlfriend is going to be the old girlfriend. Because <laughs> one day, the new job is going to be the old job, right? Because one day, the new friend is going to be the old friend. And, and then what? And then the cereal? We do this over and over again, right? And so sometimes the reality that, that God asks us to do is to renew our love. Renew our love. And let's read what it says in John 13, verses 33 and 35. He says it like this. Jesus speaking says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Let's say new commandment. New. You know, what is, the, what is the, the contrast? The Old Testament and the New Testament, right? It's the, this, it's the, the law versus the spirit of, of, of grace and love, right? And it's truth in here too, right? But he's saying this, I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so what he's saying is the new commandment is that sometimes we want to love like Jesus loved. And so we're going to try to love like Jesus loved. You guys ever try to love like Jesus loved? Right? Uh, sometimes I, I have tried. And you know what happens after all? I, I fail. Right? Because people rub me the wrong way or this wasn't convenient or whatever. And it's like I, I, I or sometimes I try to approximate but that's not what he says. He's not saying try to, you know, like the, in the old days, they used to have the bracelet. You guys remember there was a bracelet, right? The WWJD, right? Would, what would Jesus do, right? And, and so there's, there's something really good about that, but then sometimes it's like, that it's not just trying to copy Jesus. That's not what he says. The scripture doesn't say copy me. He says, what? Love as I have loved you. How have you been loved by Jesus? Because you look good? Have you been loved by Jesus because uh, you, you knew all the right answers? Have you been loved by Jesus because um, you always you know, were strong and confident? No, right, it, it has nothing to do with it. You were loved probably unconditionally. You were loved in your weakness. You were loved in so this is all he's saying. If you've been loved in your weakness, would you be willing to love someone else in their weakness? Right? If, if you loved when you felt unlovely, and you know, like, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, man, there's like an ugly phase in our life, right? And uh, maybe that was the time when you are in the world. Maybe that was the time you were in the clubs. Maybe that was the time you were stuck in some habit. And that in that ugly phase of our life, that, that God just loved us. So this is what he's saying. Could you love somebody maybe when they're not at their best, right? Maybe when everybody's short? No. Uh, sometimes it might seem difficult. Now, I, I, I just, somehow I just was thinking there's, I know these, these challenges like on, um, 
on YouTube and like TikTok and all that. You guys ever hear these like the impossible challenge? There's different ones that are out there. They say this, this is the impossible challenge. You take a broomstick and that you have to step over the broomstick without like letting go on one end, right? Without jumping or whatever. And that you're supposed to step over the broomstick and you, you hold that. And they say that like, to be honest, that, that guys cannot do it. Now I know I cannot do it because I, I have a bad knee, right? I have one bad knee. I know that one knee, I'm not gonna get the, that stretch, right? But I just watched that you know, people try to do it and it's, like, it's pretty funny sometimes. There's another one that's out there, this is an impossible one. They say, go on all fours. You can do this, try, try go home. Put some cushions down first. But go on all fours and that what you're supposed to do is that when you're on all fours and you stay on your knees, you put one hand behind your back and then you put the other hand behind your back without falling. Okay, on your hands and knees. And it's, it's hilarious, but like part of that, it's, uh, part of that I think is guys, oftentimes you have a different body structure, right? So that's why it's, it's harder. But like that's an impossible challenge. Some things, look at it, you go like, no matter how hard you try, you cannot do it. And so when it comes to sometimes loving the way Jesus loved you, it can feel impossible at times. Am I right? Right? It's impossible I can love everybody else but this one person, right? Unfortunately, they happen to live in your house sometimes, right? <laughs> sometimes it's unfortunately that tends to be, you know, the, you're, you're the person that you work with, whatever the case, right? But it's like you, we all get to that place at times. But what do we do when we find that we cannot do what Jesus asked us to do? Can, can we start by just being honest and embrace that I can't do it rather than faking it. And I, I'm not saying that there's, you know, like we shouldn't try to, you know, be civil. We shouldn't try to be, uh, you know, like good witnesses to people or, or to, to embrace people. But I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, maybe you just feel like you, you can't do it because it reminds you of the horrible upbringing you had as a child or maybe some struggle that you had and some, you know, some horrible relationship, some horrible you know, uh, situation. And so it, it stirs that. You guys, ever, you guys know what I mean? Some situations, it, the reason why it's so hard because we've been there before in some ways or it reminds us of something that we're, we've been before. But one of those things that we don't do is you don't have to pretend those feelings don't exist. And you don't have to try to escape those feelings by throwing yourselves in hobbies or you know, distracting yourself. But instead, the scripture says, we, we had looked at when I am weak, then he, then I am strong. Why? Because it's not my strength, but it's his strength. And so sometimes we just gotta say, God, I can't do it. But can God do it? Yeah, obviously we know God can do it, but we gotta add that last one. So, so God, would you do it through me? Right? Because when you get to that place where it feels impossible to love somebody because of your history, because of you know, what's gone on, right? The, the whole situation. Sometimes just say, I can't do it, Lord. I know you, I know you can. I know you love that person, right? You think about the person that you have the, the greatest difficulty with right now. Does God love that person? Right? Yeah, we, we know that God loves that person. And so 
if you are willing to say, God, would you somehow love that person through me? Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I'm asking, because I don't have the strength. You know what, it's, it's amazing that when you read the scriptures, you'll see so many times people didn't have the ability, but God did it through them. You know, uh, Joseph, when he's interpreting dreams in the court of Pharaoh, he cleared to say, yeah, hey, you're the guy who interprets dreams, right? And he just says, nope. Interpretations belong to God. But if you say what your thing is, I'll listen to that, right? And he's saying, but he, what he's saying, is he giving glory to God. He said, I can't do it, but God, would you do it through me? And there's been times that I've just had to love people on credit. Yeah, how many, most of us, we guys, you guys know what a credit card is, right? Everybody knows what a credit card is, right? What's the concept of a credit card? Do you have to have that balance? Now, I'm not advocating spending high on your credit card, but do you have to have that balance in your bank at the moment? No, you don't actually, right? What's the concept? That you borrow, right? You're borrowing. That's what a credit card says. But, but there's been times I've had to love people on credit because I know I don't love them at the moment. You guys ever get in the fight and then say, right, oh, I love you, and get this, like, no, like, don't touch me, right? But in that moment, but just to say, rather than boiling out into another fight, you say, God, I know you love my spouse. I know you love my son. How many, like, the, sometimes the, to be honest, sometimes my challenge it's, like, I don't really f- fight that much with Rika. We hardly ever fight. Or the, it's, sometimes it's the kids, right? You know why it's the kids? Because I feel like disrespect. I feel like it's, um, you know, they know better. They should be at this stage, right? All these things. But this is one of the things I go, like, have I been in that case? I know that you love them. If you love them, and right now I'm having a hard time, I'm just saying emotionally, would you somehow love them through me? And you know what? It, it changes me. It helps me. Because there's times I can't do it. I can't do it. It's an impossible challenge. But through Christ, right, then I think all things are possible. And you know, does that mean that we're always just encouraging, we, we never address issues, we, we pretend? No, no, no. That, that's, that, that's not to say that, right? There's a time, too, that we do need to speak the truth, but how do we do it? In love, in love. Thank you. Let's read Ephesians 4.15. Ephesians 4.15 says what? He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the church. It's not enough to speak the truth, he says. It's to speak the truth in love. And sometimes I think that when there are issues that have been, you know, like that it's, you're dying because you, you never get to address these things that you so desperately want from a person, then one of those things, I think, is to say, to, to have a conversation. Can we, just, can we just talk for a second? And then sometimes there's issues that's so sensitive just to bring it up like we feel the walls. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's some issues in, in relationships. You bring it up and it's like, there's just, just the wall already. But can we just say that, you know what I, what I hope, I know this is so hard, 
But what I hope is that I would feel more connected if, if we just, you know, and you fill in the blank. You know, I long to connect with you. I, long, I, I would like to be closer with you. If we could just somehow work through this issue and you fill in the blank. Because is that like, this is all your fault? And once you start saying, of course we all know, it starts, a- any discussion that started with, you know what your problem is? <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't end well, right? Doesn't end, that, that's like, okay, let's just buckle up, for, put on the gloves here. But, uh, but let's just say this. Attend to some of the relational drains. Everybody has relational drains. Every marriage has a little r- relational drain. That when they do that, oh, you just kinda, kinda feel that a little bit, right? Right, that for my wife, I leave my stuff around. She sees that and it's like, <sighs> right? It just drains her, it just drains her. Um, I, I don't really understand like emotionally, but I understand intellectually, right? And so when she says, can you clean this up? And you know what my first thing is like, no, no, what, not right now, leave me alone. Like, let me get, I'm busy, I gotta do this thing, right? And I, I, I come a little defensive. But you know, one of the things I've been doing is that I've been able to say, you know, I really am working on it. I really am working, I'm gonna work on it. And, and so th- this is what um, Solom- so- Song of Solomon says in terms of marital love, in terms of romantic love, in terms of marriage love, he says this, they say this in, in 215. Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. And what they're talking about, it's like, that whether it's a fox or a jackal, they say that, that both of those are, were in that place, but that they would run through vineyards and in the midst of the blossom, they tend to burrow. They, t- they tend to dig holes. In the process of digging holes and creating holes in the vineyard, they knock the blossoms off the grapevine. So what happens? No fruit. No fruit. And so sometimes the problem is not that we have, we need more blossoms sometimes we think. Yeah, sometimes. But sometimes you, you gotta address the things that's just knocking the blossoms off. And, and so it's okay to have that if we speak the truth in love. If instead of saying, you know what your problem is, it's say, can we just... I know we struggle in this area. Can we discuss this? I know it's not a comfortable thing, but every marriage has to address those things, right? Right? Even friendship, sometimes it, it is an elephant in the room, we say, but like, sometimes we, we need to do this. We need to talk about that. Share what you need from the other person. Share what you want from the other person, right? But would you start with, start with something positive because it's probably true. I want to be close to you. I wish we were closer. I, this would help me, right? You, you fill, fill in the blank. Does that make sense? Because there's probably somebody in your life right now that you could have that kind of a conversation with. Now, um, is that mean everybody, like I made that commitment to my wife, I am gonna work on it. Does that mean that I will be Marie Kondo? Um, that's the... Japanese lady that was cleaning the organizing person. No, I'm not going to be. 
I'm, I'm never going to be as probably neat and orderly as my wife. That's un unfortunate. My wife will never be the same as me. I, I run at a different pace. And she's never going to run at my pace. That's just not going to happen, right? And so, because we married somebody different. How many of you married somebody different than you? You know what? That's by design. Because if you guys were the same, one of you would be unnecessary, right? One of you would be not needed, right? So you by design, God brought somebody into your life who would bring strength where you have weakness and where they have weakness, you generally have a strength, right? And so here's the thing. This is what it says in Colossians 3, 13 and 14. Can we just read that together? Ready? Begin. Make allowance for each other's faults. Let's say that word, make allowance, right? To make allowance literally means to endure, put up with, be patient with. Somebody, that person, you're gonna have these conversations. This is the thing. This is what I need from you. This would be so helpful. Can we address this issue? They will, they will have that conversation. They're gonna make effort to do that. Are they gonna be perfect? Nope, they're not. But does effort matter, right? I think effort matters, right? I don't expect perfection. When my kids started to walk, they, they got up and they stood up and they stumbled. I didn't say, get up. I didn't do that, right? Because it's just, that's the process, right? If, when you're trying to get potty trained, they did it once and then the next time they, they mess up. We don't say, no sense already. Nobody does that, right? I can get better even though I'll never be as good as she is, right? She can get stronger. No, she might not be the same as me. You know what? We need to make an allowance for each other's weaknesses and faults. And then it says this, what? And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And so, you know, right, we're not talking about make allowance for domestic violence. We're not talking about make allowance for, you know, uh, illegal activities in your home and out of control addictions and that there's no limits. We're not saying there's no limits, right? But you make allowance because there ought to be boundaries that love always has limits, right? Jesus loves us, but there's a limit, he says, right? There's some things that we we don't do, we don't renounce the faith, right? He says that we don't kind of apostatize. There's, there's love, he loves us unconditionally, but he tells us there's limits. And so for all of us, and so um, this makes sense. Yeah, I just wanna close with this last point. This is the last point. Well, what do you do, right, where I'm trying to speak the truth and not. I'm trying to be encouraging. I'm trying to be all this. Right? And you, you're doing these things. And it's not try harder. Can we just say this? The solution is not just try harder. Right? Solution is not just try harder. Because you cannot pour out from an empty cup. You just got to know where to fill your cup. Right? Sometimes there are going to be seasons when your kids cannot give you what you need. 
There's going to be need. There's going to be seasons your parents cannot give you what you need. There's going to be seasons your spouse cannot give you what you need. There's going to be seasons where your girlfriend or your boyfriend cannot give you what, what you need. You know why? Because they're a human being. And you're a human being and you're faulty and you're frail. So this is what we need to do. We need to seek God to fill your cup. Right? You need to seek God to fill your cup and then pray with feeling. What do I mean that seek God to fill your cup? The first commandment, he says, was love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And, and so what does that mean? That, that heart and soul, I, I think they're generally synonymous, heart, soul, mind, that they're, they're kind of all that same. But, but you might think about heart like this. We can't think about heart as like how you feel. Uh, we can think about soul as maybe how you decide, your will. We, we can think about your mind as, um, you know, what you think, right? And so sometimes these, th- that there's these things that when we, we want to respond to God, we want to respond to God with our feeling, we want to respond to God with our will, and we want to respond to God with our thoughts because when we do, he'll fill your cup, fill your cup sometimes this is what we do is we, we just come to God and we say God I know you have all the answers but you're so far you God feels so far from us you guys, ever, you guys know what I'm talking about we know he has the answers but he just feels so far from us and then we decide we decide I'm going to read the Bible today I'm going to pray today I'm going to and so you and then you kind of pray and you do kind of in a formal way and it just God still feels far away from you well sometimes you the reason why is because you don't pour out your heart to God. See, sometimes you gotta, when you pray, and when you're in that place, you gotta be filled. You gotta pray with kind of like your emotion as much as your intellect, right? This is what it says in Psalm 25, 6. Turn to me and have mercy, for I alone am in deep distress. If you read the Psalms, we see David pour out his heart before God. Is he like always neat and comfortable and said like God I know by faith that this is all going to work out he, he, that's not how he prays is there time for just a prayer of faith yeah absolutely I, I'm, we believe praying the prayer of faith right it's, it's amazing that this tonight I heard from Larry that last week he said he needed one more surgery he needed one more surgery to be able to kind of get up to full stride be able to walk a little better, run, all that to be restored. He went to the doctor this week. And what did the doctor say? No more surgery. Oh, forget that. They checked him out and they go like, you know, after two and a half years in a wheelchair. He's walking, no nothing, right? Praise God, right? We believe in faith. But sometimes you got to just pour out your heart, right? Sometimes you just got to pour out your heart. It, Psalm 38, 9 says this, that you know what I long for, Lord. You hear my sigh. Let me just ask this. When's the last time you cried before God? When's the last time when you prayed, you shed tears? See, sometimes the reason why we don't feel close to God is because we don't give God our heart. We give God our mind. We, we give God some time. We give God, maybe we give God some of our finances, maybe, but God wants your heart. And so if your heart is broken, you know what? Just give him the pieces. That's it, right? If you feel wounded in that point, just give him your wounds. If you've been in sin, just give him your sin. 
And, and just let him, but, but do it. Don't hide your heart from God. To be honest, I think if you're like me, sometimes I don't hide my heart from God intentionally. I don't know what I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, when people, hey, how are you feeling? I say, good, why? Because I have to think about how, what I feel, <laughs> right? I, I, can be, I can be like that. But when I think about sometimes all the things that might be going on and all the challenges, there's, t- there's moments where, you know, I need to pour out my heart. I need to, to, I need to pour out my emotion. I need, to, I need to confess my sin, right? I, I love Psalm 38, 17, and 18. He says this, I'm on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain, but I confess my sins. I'm deeply sorry for what I have done. Well, you know what the scripture says in th- those kind of instances? That, that the one who comes to God, he will not turn away, right? You get your cup filled. And sometimes you gotta just say out loud what you know is true. Because you do have to, not just your heart, not just your will, but you do have to renew your mind, right? You do have to renew your mind. I love uh, Psalm 18, verses one and two says, I love you, Lord, because you are my strength. The Lord is my rock. When we say that rock, what does that sound like? Strength, stability, right? This shelter. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield and the power that saves me. When you you choose, you engage your will, and then you pray, and to be honest, if your cup is empty and you say, man, I'm all, God, I don't don't have anything to give. I, I want you to love to me, but man, I'm just so empty today. I don't feel like I can do it today. He'll give me emptiness. Confess those things before him and, and let him fill you. Let him fill your cup. And then at the same time, renew your mind. Focus on what you think, right? That you're my strength, that you're my rock, that you're my fortress, my savior, my God is my rock. And that you might be safe in that place, that I might find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me. When we connect with God relationally, we connect with God emotionally at times, that's when, you, that's when you feel that moment. You go like, man, just that one word, just that one touch from God, and it's all, I'm good, right? It gives you the strength for the moment. And so if we want to be having better relationships this year, if we want to be growing stronger relationally, it, it takes us being a, a neighbor, right? Loving our neighbor. It takes renewing our love, right? And it's not, a, not copying Jesus' love. Just give them what Jesus gave you. If you receive grace, give them grace. Jesus gave you truth, you can give them truth. Jesus gave you love, give them love, right? Jesus gave you understanding. You ever felt just the understanding of Jesus? Like, I know, I know you, I know your heart. Then, then give them understanding. And then sometimes, you know, we need to just kind of be in this place and get our cup filled again. Make sense? Hey, let's bow our heads and we'll close in a word of prayer today.
Father, as we come, I think all of us want to have stronger relationships this year. We want to grow this year. And Lord, we know it takes more than just commitment. Commitment's such a huge part, but sometimes it takes a little bit of skill as well. And maybe, is there anybody here that, that as you're thinking that there's a person that right now that you need to just think, God's bringing to your mind, I, I really want to work on this relationship in your life. I really would like you to work on it. But you don't feel like you have the strength to love. You don't, you, to, to focus. Would you just say to God, God, I can't. I know you can, but would you do it through me today? If you feel empty, if you feel your cup is dry, would you just confess, God, God, I'm empty today, and I, would you fill me because I can't? And then there's some of us, maybe there's some things you ought not to be saying that you have been saying. Father, we, we all have people we love and things that are going well. And we all have places, Lord, where we know we, we need to grow. So would you guide our steps? Would you move in those places? And Father, we bless those people right now that have been most difficult to love. If there's somebody that's been just difficult to love right now, as we just say that, would you just in your heart, in your spirit, would you bless that person? God, I'm praying for your favor and your grace and your mercy on this person. Lord, would you pour out, Lord, your love on that person? Would you pour out your spirit on that person? Would you fill them somehow, God? And Lord, that I'm willing, I'm willing that, Lord, although I don't, might not have the power, I'm willing for you to love them through me. But Father, I thank you that as we grow, as we lean into you, as we trust you, Father, I thank you that we look forward to being growing in our faith, in our emotional resilience, Lord, in our fitness, but Lord, in our relationships, including our relationship. In Jesus' name, God's people say, amen. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopekapolei.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.